from Relay FM, this is Virtual Episode Number 55. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined as always by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hey, Federico, big week. Hello, my good friend, Michael. Big week indeed. Yeah, um, how are you? Yeah, very good, very good. I mean, we have all our regular links and stuff, but it is worth just noting up front that there's been some crazy Nintendo news that we will get to um, mm-hmm. a little bit later on in the show. Uh, just because there isn't a ton to say about it right now, but it's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting yes. indeed. Yes, we're going to talk about it. Um, let's just get started with the links, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I think no time to waste today. No, no, no. It's a, it's an action-packed episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Firewatch. We talked about this. It's a game from Camposanto with the support of Panic. It's coming out on February 9. There's a, a blog post on the PlayStation website. Um the, the, the wait is almost over, Mike. I'm excited. You played this game. So tell our listeners again, why should we be excited for this game? Firewatch really does look like nothing I have ever played before. Like, just from the way it physically looks, but also to the way it looks like that you play it. The whole, uh, the way that it works with, like, the audio, and it's not doesn't really seem to be much of an action game, but really just kind of, like, exploring um, and mm-hmm. trying to make sense of something crazy that's going on. But mainly it's just the animations and the style, the visual style is just so beautiful. Um, so I am very, very excited for this game. And I'm happy that it's going to be on PlayStation 4 at launch um, because that's how I would prefer to play it personally. So I'm really, really excited about it. And I'm going to right now add it to my diary. Do you have a diary? Uh, my calendar, I mean. Uh, I was uh, for one second I thought you had a diary where you save all your video game thoughts well I mean it wouldn't I mean I am the pen guy right I guess it wouldn't be crazy for me to have a diary but yeah Um, so yeah February 9 next year PlayStation 4 I'm gonna get this game I'm really excited Uh, the next link Mike this is interesting are you into emulators or old consoles before we move away from Firewatch Mm -hmm. uh I bought a fire a Firewatch sticker pack, so you can put them on your MacBook. Yeah, so I got uh, they they it's a pretty good little sticker pack actually. You get six stickers. There's three different designs. I have a little walkie-talkie. They have the Firewatch logo, the tree, and the kind of the shield, and then the little um, Ranger guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I now have one of the little Ranger guys on my stuck to my MacBook Pro, and uh, the rest have gone in my my box where I keep extra stickers. I've been thinking, Federico, this is going to make you so sad, but it's probably mm. inevitable. If okay. I keep the iPad Pro, oh no, it will be a sticker device. Oh, no. It's Mike. of the size. It's, th- it's big, so I can put loads on there. If I keep the iPad Pro, it will be stickered. What's your What's your sticker policy? I, and I mean, you have so many stickers, yep. and often you just, you just stick another one on top of an existing one. Uh-huh. So are stickers like new memories that you create, so the old ones are replaced by new stickers? What's the policy for replacing old stickers with new ones on top of them? It's, it's rarer that I would completely obscure an old sticker with a new one. Um, that only ever happens if it's like the thing that was originally on there I wasn't that keen on. So I just cover it up mm-hmm. or I have like something that is very similar. <laughs> so, you know, then I'll just cover it up. Um, mm. But mainly it is just, do I think something is cooler than another thing? Then yes, I'll, I'll stick uh-huh. it on. It's, it's because so, part of it is it's getting really difficult 
for me now oh, I can to imagine. stick stickers on the MacBook Pro and not completely cover old things. So that's part of the reason why I want to stick them on something else. One of my water bottles is covered in in uh, stickers, and I have a newer water bottle which I might put going around the house sticking stickers around. You know, pretty much the one the one on furniture. Yep, everything. Computers. My girlfriend. Um, <laughs> there aren't any stickers on my Mac Pro, which oh, I'm happy is the case, and I won't put any on my iMac. It feels like there's something about like personal devices or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's it's a thing that you have, and if, I wanted to ask you: if a startup gets acquired, do you replace the sticker? Um, I mean, if they, in theory, that would make sense. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta match the acquisition news by you know obscuring the sticker. That's what I would do. I don't know, Mike. Maybe I have to peel it off and put a new one on or something. I don't know. Maybe I have to stick some money on to replace the sticker. I don't know. Uh, Mike, please don't put stickers on the iPad Pro. Please. I might do. I might do. Oh. Anyway, uh, are you into... Have you ever been into emulators for old video game consoles? Um, here and there, I guess. Because mm-hmm. there's a... For Wii U... Users, there's a piece of interesting news. The first Wii U emulator uh, called this, uh, Semu, so it's spelled C-E-M-U. Uh, it's working. It's there's no controls, there's no audio. It's Windows only, and I think all, only Windows 64-bit ar- architectures. But it gets to the booting screen, uh, you know, of a, of a game. That's the um, the thing to understand about new emulator projects. Uh, the one of the hardest things to do when you when you're creating an emulator for an old console is to make sure that the game boots, that you can see the main screen, and then the gameplay and the audio and the controller support and the resolution stuff that comes later. But the biggest obstacle in getting an emulator to work is to get the game to boot. And the Semu, uh, unlike most emulators, is not an open source project yet. Which is kind of interesting because a lot of emulators uh, are open source projects from the get go because they wanna they wanna get as much help as possible from all kinds of people. Um, but I saw the the article on Ars Technica. There's a there's a also a GitHub page with some release notes. Um, it's it's interesting that the Wii U you know is still a thing for Nintendo. It's still like the console that they sell, but there's already an emulator. And of course, it's going to be many years until we will able we will be able to play, you know, with these emulators on PCs and Macs. Um, but still, I think initiatives like these are, are are always important to 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 support, you know, especially for game preservation. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm very it, it, this subject is very close to my heart. Uh, to be able to play old games again in the future, even if you cannot find the old console and the physical. Uh, disc or cartridge where the game was originally stored on, and so I'll, I will be keeping an eye on the Samo uh, emulator for the Wii U. Even though I have to say, there's uh, the Dolphin emulator for the GameCube, and I think the Wii as well. I'm not sure. Uh, I never. I, I tried once to install Dolphin on my on my MacBook air or pro i don't remember but i tried once i couldn't make out how to use it so this stuff is really you know really it requires some knowledge when you want to set up the emulator you gotta find the i wouldn't say illegal but you know we all know you gotta find an image of the game that you want to play uh it's definitely only for experts in most cases unless you use one of those uh custom made 
emulators like what's the name of the great emulator for OS 10 with some really nice graphics let you play Super Nintendo games Nintendo games Sega consoles uh, you know it's got some really skeuomorphic graphics it looks great uh, that one is kind of easy to use you know because there's a there's an interface there's a GUI so you can set up you know controllers you can set up audio you can there's like fancy pretty cover pages for video games Open Ammo, that's the name. Uh, so that one is relatively easy to use. But stuff like Dolphin and stuff like these that you kind of you gotta run commands from the terminal, you gotta do scripts. That's a little too complex. Still, exciting news that uh, the Wii U uh, a Wii U emulator is being worked on. Mike, do you want to talk about this Nintendo news? Not that yeah. we're on the subject. Yeah, let's talk about it now. So according to an article by the Wall Street Journal today, which has been reported by every video game website in existence and also tech blogs like The Verge, um, Nintendo has finalized or at least they're sending out the first development kits for the future console, the Nintendo NX, as it's called named so far. Uh, and according to, to the Wall Street Journal, it's a hybrid console. And so it's a home console with a detachable, portable unit that you can take with you, play games on the go, and it's going to have a new chip architecture to make sure it holds up against the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and it'll signify Nintendo's move to a unified platform, you know, with home console, so video games for the home console, new mobile games, new portable games, a single platform, a single Nintendo account, an online service, all coming together for this new Nintendo NX project. Um, what do you think, Mike? <laughs> that's a long... <laughs> that's a long pause. It's a big and ballsy move mm -hmm. to do it now. Why? Because we know nothing. So Nintendo haven't said anything about this. So they are now allowing, by doing this, they are allowing themselves to lose control of the narrative. Because, as is obvious, as soon as you do anything like this, it will get to the press. There is nothing you can do about it. You can, you can make people sign embargoes and NDAs for days, but they will still leak out as it has already. Um, mm -hmm. Nintendo didn't tell the Wall Street Journal this. A, de a developer or somebody in a development house has told this to the Wall Street Journal. So Nintendo have lost control of the narrative now because now we are being led to believe whatever is being said. With one of the hard, the biggest parts of this and what has become a bit of a meme today, the idea of industry-leading chips in the devices. What does that mean exactly? Because... We read that as, this thing is going to be as powerful as the PlayStation 4, which is unlikely, based on Nintendo's track record. So, also, if there is a mobile unit, is that going to be as powerful, equally powerful? Like, how does mm -hmm. that work out? Like, all of this stuff is by doing this, you're allowing leaks to get out there. And it's going to be really interesting over the next couple of weeks to see who cracks first. Will Nintendo do something? Or will we get a lot more information about this thing because someone's going to leak it to Polygon or IGN and give a lot, lot more details about what the device is? 
Apple devices mm. are. Very interesting that they've done this. I think it is a good move from Nintendo that they are seeding dev kits out now because they are showing their commitment to getting third parties on this platform, right? Like it hasn't, yeah. the, no, we know nothing about this and they're already putting dev kits out there, which is in very, very interesting, right? That Nintendo aren't going to just rest on whatever we do is going to be the best for this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 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 signifying of something, and I hope that what it's signifying of is a change. I think it kind of confirms the idea that DNX is coming out next year. And if that's the case, I don't know if it's if it's really early in sending out the dev kits. Because, I mean, you got to give developers around a year of notice, you know, to start working on this stuff. And I'm pretty sure that they did this before with the Wii U, with the Wii, with the GameCube. Uh, that's usually a year in advance. That's usually when you send out the first version of the dev kit. And also, I don't know if the dev kit actually shows the console. It's probably just a box with a bunch of chips inside. Yeah, it will be. This can... is how it runs. But but what it will, yeah. But if there is a second mobile unit, like that's, that's all you need, right? Like if there, you will know how many screens the thing needs to have built in. You'll know if it can work on its own without the main. Like that's all the cool stuff. Like there's no. It's like because the thing is, Nintendo announced that it was coming, but said nothing about it. And like I would think that the way you do it is either you say nothing, or you give a preview an idea to the public before this stuff is is sent out it's like the way that this has gone about is very very weird Hmm. what we saw we saw it coming the the news of a of a hybrid console that's both home console and portable one Uh, and i think i think from what i know which is (laughs) close to nothing but i think from a from a, a conceptual standpoint it makes sense to kind of blend you know, two together, especially now that Nintendo is making mobile games. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, right, they're making games for the App Store and maybe for the Google Play Store, but what if they wanna want the same mobile games to also run on their own console? So you no, make I, the game I, once. I'm still convinced that they want, that the, the, the mobile games are complements to the main games. I, I can't imagine them doing that because if they do that, it, it tells people they don't need the new console. Right. Yeah. Good point. I don't know. It's it's. I wasn't expecting, uh, you know, to see this kind of rumor today. And I mean, usually, and I'm 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 thinking, you know, Nintendo has done some kind of preview before when they were doing something completely new, like with the Wii. We went back when it was called Revolution. They pre-announced the <laughs> the console. And if they're really doing something new, this looks like a leak to me. You know, it's not a controlled leak from Nintendo. This no. looks like a developer a got a, a dev kit. Yeah. yeah and- controlled leaks are not are not what they need to do right now. So my, my thinking around this, right, is we assume that it's probably next year. When are they going to announce this? Like, it feels to me like they're going to have to do their own thing. Because the game shows are done, right? The big ones. Uh, yeah, there's uh, the probably the what's the name of the European one? Gamescom. Uh, yeah. 
which is around in March or April, maybe. Yeah. So, like, do you mean like th- that season's over, right? Tokyo Game Show, E3, and yeah. Gamescom are all gone. So you feel like if it's going to come next year, you probably want to announce it like a year before it comes out. Like that seems to be like the way that, that these companies tend to do this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I mean, it would, and it, I think it would make real, real sense for Nintendo to do their own event for this yeah at this point i think they don't they don't i don't want to i don't want to see them doing uh, like a direct you know no. it would be weird to announce a console on youtube no th- there are some things where you have to go old school this is one of them yeah you gotta have people cheering and clapping and taking yep. pictures and then yeah and... then you gotta have the press there straight away to put pictures on their sites right that they're taking yeah. themselves yeah i'm i'm really really interested in this because all of this is weird to me, which is a good thing because it shows Nintendo is ready and willing to shake stuff up. Yeah, but that's I, good. Yeah, I think the way that this information has come out though is is not good because I said they have they have lost control of the story now. Um, it is out of their hands because there could be things in this report that are misunderstood and therefore wrong. And could come back to bite them. And the thing that I that I look about the most here is industry-leading chips. Yeah, that's that's concerning because, I mean, can Nintendo make the kind of portable chip that Apple makes? You know, do they have the kind of access to the supply chain? Do they have the kind of, you know, chip engineers working on that kind of, you know, high performance and power-efficient chip that can lead to, you know, advanced graphics on a portable screen? Because when you compare the 3DS to the to the to the latest iPads, there's really no contest at all. And I worry that this kind of rumor it's kind of setting the expectations for Nintendo to come out with an Apple-like or PlayStation 4-like uh, type of performance. And I don't know if Nintendo can pull that off. Uh, but also, I'm concerned just beyond the, the technical aspect, the concept of uh, of another portable device. In 2015-2016, is there really a place for something that's not an iPad or an Amazon Fire tablet for kids who want to play games on the go? Is there really a place for that kind of like yet another screen that you carry with you? The idea of that I see of what they're attempting to do here, based on the very, very little information that we have, is to finally realize the dream of the same game running everywhere. Yeah. Right? So, in theory, no, we don't need this because they could just make the games for iPad and they somehow interface with the NX. They could Mm -hmm. easily do that. Or they could say, you know, this device, you can take it wherever you want, you can take it to, you know, on the bus and, and it will continue to play the game. You just and then when you get home you plug it back in and it's uh with full HD graphics on your big screen or you can play it in a different room of the house or you, like that's what I assume they're aiming to do here. So it's like it's you can take it with you. You don't have to, but you have the option. Mm. My my concern with this, though, is then Nintendo is all in on one device, which I think is a real issue because the handheld devices are cheaper and more accessible for kids and parents. And if you're going to put all of your eggs in one basket, I think for them that might be difficult. However, Nintendo know 
this stuff better than I do, I'm sure. But it yeah. does concern me. Um, so my, my my hope will be that what they would usually have done with the uh, DS platform, they split those efforts and put a lot of effort into mobile games. The more I keep thinking about this, the more I see a comparison with Microsoft. You know, Microsoft's strategy of... Yeah, yeah, the run everywhere. Ev- uh, right once, run everywhere. Yes, I agree. But I just... I, I cannot see them making the same game on a mobile platform. I, I really think that they will be companion games, not not the same mm. game. Because it it's in the same reason for why like Apple don't make all of their apps for other platforms. Mm-hmm. They make the apps that tie into services, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Nintendo will make apps that tie into the overall service, but they're not going to put the next Mario game on the iPad because then nobody will buy their hardware devices. Right, yeah. I I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just interesting to me, the thought of single console, you can take it with you, what does it look like? Is it a tablet? Is it is it thin enough? Or is it plastic device? Do you want to carry another plastic device? Do they want to complete with, compete with tablets? Or is it clearly like a Nintendo toy-like accessory? Uh, how long does the battery last? Is it like a big 3DS? There's so many questions. Does it have 3G? Because my, my feeling are... about this, if I was gonna if I was gonna put on the table what I think this is. I would say the best thing for you to do is to imagine crossplay, and then you're like ninety percent of the way there. So, like Nintendo's games will just be playable on two devices, and they will find some way that uh, it it takes more resources on the home console, right? So better graphics or whatever to drive it, make it look better, and then there is a 3ds like device which is kind of like the gamepad at the same time so when you're at home you use that device to play the games but then when you leave you could just pick up where you left off mm. that yeah. that's what i envision this is going to be like but i there are there are so many technical details to try and think about how that works but i think that if you look at what the ps4 and the vita do with crossplay, i think that is a backbone for how this system will work the key, I think, for me will be to a message that, that says we have made a new console and you can play the same game with the same graphics everywhere. So you can play in your TV screen, you can play it on the go, but it's not like a smaller version of the game. It's not a it's not a an uglier version of the game with you know inferior graphics. It's the same game and you can play it whatever anywhere you want. So this is where be... the industry-leading chips thing comes into exactly. be a problem. Because if they're saying industry-leading for mobile, then that's fine. Because a mobile chip can run a great-looking game on a TV. So if that's the route you're going down, bingo. But you cannot put a PS4-like chip in a handheld device and have it run well. Surely you can't, right? So I don't, yeah. I don't see how this is going to work. Unless you're Apple because they design their own chips. And I, I cannot, again, see Nintendo doing that. Or unless you plan to go out of the house with a suitcase and a PlayStation 4 device inside yeah. so you can play games on the go. You know, with yep. a suitcase with a, little, with a little screen on top of it. 
<laughs> there's a console inside. I don't know. But like, there's a reason uh, that home consoles are the size that they are, surely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big fan inside and there's a power adapter inside and there's a, a lot of ports, a lot of cables. <laughs> there's a hard drive, you know? I don't know, Mike. We'll see. Uh, next year, it's going to be interesting for sure for Nintendo. Actually, we're supposed to get a mobile game this year, like in a few in a few weeks, in theory, right? So my thinking would be... This has to... My feeling would be you can't just do these in a vacuum. So I, I really feel like if Nintendo is going to go for a big splash of this mobile game, they need to talk a bit about the NX as well, like they did the last time. Hmm. Yeah, they, they did say something the last time. They hinted at the NX. Well, yeah, they had interview. to, didn't they? Like, they was in a situation yeah. where, like, just letting you know we're not out of the console business. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. I feel like they would give a little bit more if they when the game when the mobile game comes out. And I also I also believe that the the mobile game will be telling of the NX's plans. So, like, yeah. I feel like you'll be able to look at whatever that game is and say that's how this is going to work. Yeah, that's my we'll feeling. See. I'm really excited about it. And oh, yes. I'm really, really interested to see what the game's going to be. Oh, yeah. What, what could it I'm be? Telling you, like Animal Crossing feels like a good bet to me. A good bet, yeah. You know, it's obvious, but Mario is. I feel like they wouldn't give Mario up straight away. Think so? Yeah, I feel like you get it. You get it. You got to stoke the fire with Mario. I really think it's going to be something that makes sense along the lines of an Animal Crossing because that works really well on a mobile device. I don't know. Imagine a, a, a 2D Mario. It's like a, it's like an infinite running game. Oh, that's what I. Tap- that's what I. I am like very, very, very confident that the Mario game will be an infinite runner, side scroller, like like Cannibal. Yeah. And you be- tap to to jump. You know. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. <laughs> I want. I want that game. Yes. And yeah. you know what I also want? A Metroid game. <laughs> Just yeah, you, a new you, Metroid game. They're probably going to make a uh, Metroid-like pinball-type game. Oh, my God. Mike, why do you keep doing this? Oh, like me? Super Monkey Ball. That's what I'm looking for. That's what they'll make. Super Mon- You want Super Monkey Ball? I don't want it. But that's what I think they'll do with Metroid. Well, there used to be Metroid Pinball, so, you know, you may actually be onto something here, Mike. Like, and I really uh, do feel like, you know, eventually it's going to be you have this little game that levels up your character in the big game. That's how I see mm-hmm. this working going forward. Mm-hmm. Like a companion game. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. could be. I don't know. We'll see. It's an exciting time again, I feel like, for Nintendo. Because they're, the more a company like Nintendo suffers, you know, the more they tr- they are trying hard to do something new, to reinvent themselves. And that process is interesting to observe and to wait for because you want, you, you, you're witnessing a company that used to be insanely successful, had a few, you know, problematic years. They hit a rough patch, basically, over the past two to three years. And now they're, they're desperate. They're, they need something new. And they need to reinvent many of the things that they didn't used to do before. That's fascinating. If only from a business per- perspective, that's fascinating. Then if you're a gamer and if you play Nintendo games, that's even better because you're in for, for a lot of new things, which is exciting, you know? 
As a Nintendo fan, we are beginning a very exciting, a very interesting 12 months. Hopefully, it'll be it'll be a nice journey. It won't be, you know, it won't be any more suffering with weird decisions. <laughs> there will be suffering with weird decisions, but I feel like we're going to come out of this better. But there's no way they're going to do this perfectly. They just they just can't. There's going to be some weird decision, like yeah. you need a screwdriver to, to yeah. change the yeah, memory there, there card. will be something. There will be, absolutely there will be something. Um, mm. But we're just not going to know what it is. Uh, like stuff like, you know, backwards compatibility. Like that will go mm. out the window. No, don't even bring it up. You know, like all there's just going to be a bunch of things that aren't going to go right. And we just we need to come out of it the other end, and we'll be better than when we came in. But it's there's no because it can't be a perfect thing, so it won't be. Yeah, I know. We'll see. Should we take a break. Yes. This week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout to get yourself a lovely ten percent off Squarespace. Put it beautiful. With Squarespace, you're able to build a website that looks professionally designed regardless of how much information you know or how many of the skills that you know or have to build a website. You don't need to understand how to code. You don't need to understand any of that stuff. Or even if you do, you just don't have to spend the time doing it because Squarespace gives you a platform which is super easy to create beautiful looking websites with their stunning templates that feature responsive design right out of the box so it'll look good on all platforms and feature all of the technologies, security and stability that you would want from your website. Squarespace gives you an easy home to take advantage of for any content that you want to put on the web. Maybe you're a blogger, you're an artist, you're a podcaster, you're a musician, you're a business. It doesn't matter. Squarespace's platform is super flexible and can really be customized to look and feel exactly as you want. It's really, really easy to maintain and update and adapt. They have apps on all the different platforms that you're going to need. They have great web clients to do all of this stuff. It's super, super simple. Squarespace works exactly how you would want a website to work. That's what they take care of. That's what they make it do. They have great support. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They also have a great Twitter account as well, which does good stuff. And it basically keeps you connected with any problems and issues that you might have. And Squarespace are there to help you out. They're really, really good at that stuff. They're super responsive. If you want to sell things, so you could maybe sell T-shirts or maybe you want to sell digital goods like an ebook, or no matter what it is, Squarespace allows you to do that. They have their commerce platform, which can be enabled of any Squarespace site. They integrate with a bunch of different systems like Stripe, for example to allow you to take payment and you can manage inventory you can send out stuff for shipping it's really really easy to do they work with a company called ShipStation for example that we integrate with for the Relay FM store which then goes into the shipping back end for our uh, guys to send stuff out it's really really awesome they have a rock solid fast hosting so your sites just stay up that's what they're good at. They have the cover page, which allows you to build great looking single page websites and also their dev platform as well. So if you do know what you're doing, you can go in and tinker around and make some changes without having to build the whole platform from scratch. If you sign up for a year, you'll get yourself a free domain name, which will let you choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. But you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required and start playing around and build your own website today by going to squarespace.com. Then when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code insert coin or one word this will get you 10% off and show your support for this show virtual thank you so much to Squarespace Squarespace but it beautiful 
So, Mike, the next link is kind of... This is kinda, madness. It's, it's very particular. So, VG247, a video game website, published an apology uh, to an article that they had published calling the next Uncharted game, Uncharted 4, to be too formulaic and to be uh, too in line with the previous game of the series. When, in fact, the, <laughs> the, the, the journalists for the website were playing Uncharted 2 Remaster at the Tokyo Game Show and they thought it was Uncharted 4. <laughs> and they published an apology. And I, this is amusing, right? I mean, you're, you're saying that the game looks the same when, in fact, you're playing a remastered version of the second game. And it's kind of comical, you know, to make a mistake like this. But I, I really feel sorry for them. And the editor of the website published an apology and is taking responsibility for for the for the error is genuinely sorry you know and is very upfront we 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 screwed up we made a mistake we're sorry and they said you know playing a game in the Tokyo game show it's very busy there's a lot of people uh the signage was in Japanese and you know we got confused we were probably tired and we we didn't pay attention but still it's our mistake and we apologize I feel sorry for them, right? And yeah, because it, it, it looks stupid. It makes you look stupid. It makes you look stupid. But it, now that after reading the apology, and of course there were a lot of jokes on Twitter. You know, there's a there's a, a a tweet that I saw going around with someone playing Pitfall, you know, the old game, and saying, "Oh, this is the rope mechanic in the next Uncharted 4." When clearly the screenshot is from a thirty year old thirty year old game. Um, but after reading the apology, it makes sense to me. You know, you're probably with like two hours of sleep, no good coffee. You're in Japan. Everyone is speaking Japanese. The video game booth is super crowded. There's a lot of people and you think it's Uncharted 4. You know, it, the, re, the remaster looks good on PS4. It's in HD. No, it's, it's a, you know, it's a giant mess of people pushing you. Everyone wants to play and take pictures. And suddenly you think you're playing Uncharted 4. It makes sense to me, right? Especially when you're sleep deprived, you're traveling from the US to Japan, you're trying so many different games. I saw a lot of people making jokes, of course, that's what Twitter is for, and criticizing the website. But it, it makes sense, kind of, you know? I can, I can imagine it was a stressful moment at the Tokyo Game Show. I mean, it's it looks great for the Uncharted remaster, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you can confuse yes. it for the new PlayStation 4 game. <laughs> it, it's, it's a testament to the great work that's been put into the Uncharted remake. <laughs> oh, it's terrible, isn't it? At oh, least it's good bad. publicity for the remaster. It looks. Which it I'm, does look really bad for VG two twenty four seven though. Like it just you know it, it's unprofessional and, and there's nothing they can do about it, right? Because it's an easy, maybe not an easy mistake to make, but you can see how it was made. But it's it's unfortunate for them. You never want to be the butt of a joke. I know, I know, and but they will recover from this. Oh, right? everyone it was will a, forget it in a week. Yeah. It was a honest apology. And and yeah. when you think about this scenario, it makes sense. We all know when you go at these events, super packed, there's a lot of people, you, you need to sleep, you cannot concentrate, 
and if you add on, on top of this the fact that all the signs are in Japanese and you cannot read Japanese and you don't understand Japanese, it makes sense, you know, to be confused. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel sorry for these guys. Yeah, me too. Still kind of amusing. Um, next up, Mike, this is something that I want to discuss with you. Uh, YouTube gaming, so YouTube's Twitch-like service, has added uh, has released a major update after seven weeks of existence. And this update, besides new features to the Android app, you can now live stream Android games. You get a little pop-up box uh, in a corner so you can see your face while you're playing a game and it goes out online, live on YouTube gaming. And there's a bunch of new search features on iOS. The big new change is that, just like Twitch, you can now support your favorite content creators, your favorite live streamers, with a subscription, which is $3.99 a month. Unlike Twitch, which costs $4.99 and has an exclusivity contract. So uh, if you're a live streamer and you do this on Twitch, Twitch says you can only release this content on Twitch. YouTube has no such clause. Um, You can support your favorite creators. In return, you get some perks, such as access to special chats with the the live streamer, shout-outs in the the stream, and special badges in in the chat room. Um, It's interesting to me that despite the big change and rollout of YouTube gaming, which is still going strong, and as we predicted, it'll take time for YouTube gaming to completely replace Twitch. They're still adding features that are required like this. Yeah. Do you think this is a problem for now that they have also a subscription and if you're a, if you're a gamer and you enjoy watching live streams, you want to support your favorite person, you know, uh, someone who plays games and you, you're being entertained by those live streams. Uh, is it a problem that you can now pay in two different places? Um, who for? For the for the gamer, for the streamer, for Twitch, for Twitch, you know, yeah, spe- because YouTube are going right in the faces and saying it's not an exclusivity contract, which is so much ball, it's unbelievable. Because yeah. because that it isn't right now. YouTube could change that on a dime, hmm. right? They're not stupid. They're doing this to get Twitch streamers over, but as soon as they get them over, they will put in an an exclusivity contract. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Like this is just an easy win to be like oh it's okay if you're doing that you can come over here and do it as well. But like then you have to give up the Twitch money. Hmm. I don't know. Have you been watching YouTube gaming content at all? Nah. Nah, I'm not I don't know. I like uh edited stuff videos mm-hmm. like i like edited let's plays i enjoy let's plays and, and like video game content and stuff like that but i like them when they're edited um i don't get a personally i don't just i just don't really like um the the, the live stuff because there's too much just silence <laughs> or like stuff going on that i don't it's too crazy or i don't understand you know mm-hmm. so you i like be- to have a bit of editing usually with these live streams there's little inside jokes and commentary that only people who always follow live streams can understand. Like little references. You gotta be super tuned into a live streamer to catch all of these little jokes and references. Yeah, but that's like and, us, though. That's not yeah. too different to what we're doing right now. 
But but yeah, I get your point. It can be difficult to to jump on something like this because it, as it can be with, with podcasts as well. But yeah, I just think that the the, the live streaming stuff isn't isn't um, it's just not really a thing that I do. But I do like uh, watching edited like let's plays. Yeah, me like too. That. Me too. But I I think this is smart. I think YouTube are doing exactly what they need to do if their end game is to win. Um, but yeah, it is going to take time because they're still adding, as we can see right now, the features that are required by, uh, by the market. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like is that they're calling them sponsorships because that doesn't that that terminology doesn't make sense for what is being done here. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. You sponsorships know, sponsorship. is the wrong word. That's what comes from a company or organization, not from an individual. Yeah. This is patronage. Or yeah. you could even call it like subscribing or anything, but sponsorships, it really does seem like the wrong word to me. But. Yeah, true. Uh, next up, Mike, this is uh, one of those videos, one of those crazy things that I found on Kotaku. Um, someone decided to try to walk, to walk from, to walk the longest distance from corner to corner of a map in each GTA game. So no running, no cars, just walking from point A to point B, the longest distance possible. And you may be surprised, Mike, it only took him about four hours to complete the entire series. So all the maps... Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, I did think to myself, this is not a massive achievement. These games aren't that big. Like you know, it big. only takes. You can still cross GTA Five in fifty-two minutes. Yeah, it's mean, crazy because really GTA Five is huge. Yeah, but they're huge in like in different kind of ways. You know, like they have lots of terrain and they have they they're made to feel bigger because it's a bunch of different yeah. things that you're you're going through. But this this doesn't massively surprise me that it took a long time, and I also don't know why you would do this. Oh yeah, definitely. There's you know there's crazy people on YouTube, and there's crazy experiments. I mean, you remember the guy who played the GTA clones? The, the, yeah, I mean that store? was really funny. That was funny. This is just I don't know why you would do this. I guess to when get on you Kotaku? have uh, <laughs> to get on Kotaku, and you know <laughs> people are crazy, and but that's also what's great about the internet, Mike. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So let me get serious here for a moment, and okay. I want to discuss a scientific study with you. Let's break it down. Um, so according to a study conducted on Don't Starve players, so you know this game, you told me about this game, Don't Starve. Mm-hmm. It's some kind of procedurally generated game. Uh, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I guess you're supposed to give creatures something to eat. I don't know. No, I'm don't just... worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, oh, according to this study... Uh-huh. So, players were separated in two groups. One group was told the AI of the game was adjusting the difficulty to their skills. The other group was told, no, this is the same procedurally generated game that you've always been playing. And group B was actually the, 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 the right, you know, theory. It was the same game, no changes. So, the, the, the researchers were lying to group A telling them that the AI was smart and it adapted to the difficulty, to the skills of the players. Those who were subject to group A, so they thought that the game was adjusting to their level, 
they started seeing different effects in the game. So they either thought, oh yeah, the AI isn't it working with me because I'm beating this game. It's easier. It's adjusting to my skills. The, uh, and another portion of this group said, no, no, the AI is actually kind of evil. That's making the game harder for me. So it's definitely changing. It's, it's harder than the normal game, probably because I'm a good player. And according to this study, uh, it, it tries to document the placebo effect on video games by telling people that the game is changing, that the game is adapting to them. So by telling people that, 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 that the game is different, they start seeing different behavior as well. And it, it is fascinating, you know, to, I mean, besides the fact that you're running this kind of experiment on a game and on groups of people, which is, you know, who has the time to do this? But still, it's great. Uh, it's fascinating. You know, I, I agree. It's fascinating to to see that the placebo effect, which I'm a big believer of, you know, to mm -hmm. give people something like a medicine and instead of it's a sugar pill and people start feeling better. I totally buy that. Uh, but in video games, which is, you know, a piece of code, you should be able to to judge the game with some sort of objectivity and say, no, this is the same game, nothing's changing, uh, I'm the one who's playing either well or really badly. Instead, people projected the, the change in the game onto themselves by saying, yeah, I'm, I suck at the game, so the, the AI is easier, or I'm good at the game, so the game is harder now because the AI is changing. It's a fasc fascinating experiment for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I think what it probably boils down to is if people are having a, if they're sucking at it, it gives them something to blame. Yes. Right? Like, I've, And then if people are doing really well, they're like, oh, this game's easy because they think they're awesome. I hmm. guess. Yeah, we should run a, a placebo experiment on you, Mike. Yeah, you can't tell me, though. No, no I won't tell you. Okay, good. I'll send, okay. You, I'll send you a game. I will work with some developers to, to uh -huh. send you a game. You're telling I'll me tell you yeah. Okay, uh, I won't spoil the surprise. Don't spoil it, Mike. Tell me about Overwatch. What is going on with the with this game? So Overwatch is Blizzard's shooter um, that they've been developing. It's going into a public beta now. It's extremely limited um, in the US. Uh, people will be given access to the closed beta on October 27th, followed by Europe and Asia at a later date. Um, so it's going to be really small, the beta, but they are going to be doing some larger beta test weekends from time to time with larger groups to stress test their servers. And there was a Twitch stream yesterday that me and you both watched a little bit of. The game looks really interesting. It's very vibrant, very colorful. It doesn't look like your standard uh, first-person shooter in any way. Uh, but this was one of those scenarios where I realized why I'm not a big uh, live streaming fan. I just couldn't work out what was going on. It, I couldn't hear anyone properly. The audio was mixed really badly. And like, so then, because it's live streaming, if the connection isn't that good, you can barely see what's happening. But the game did look like fun um, rather than like real gritty, kill everyone and be really precise. Like people are working in teams and they had different characters with different types of abilities. Like they had this big, uh, like mech type looking guy and he had a big shield and he would fire up his shield to protect everybody else and then they would jump out and start shooting it was it looked like a lot of fun um so this this looks interesting enough to me i bet there are a bunch of like really cool weapons right because this is the type of stuff that blizzard does um 
I'm looking forward to it. It looks like a lot of fun, and it's probably it's actually not at all what I would have expected uh, a shooter from Blizzard to look like, just because it does look so colourful and cartoonish in a way. And it looks like a lot of fun, so something yeah. to look out for. So the last link for you today, Mike. I thought we should we should end the link grab bag with a funny video. It's a video from eight, eight years ago. Kotaku posted it again because the original video was deleted, I guess, and the original blog post on Kotaku was also gone. <laughs> so it's a guy. Uh, a guy walks into the old Nintendo HQ in Kyoto, in Japan. And so this is the really old Nintendo headquarters where they used to make playing cards, you know, the Hanafuda cards. And the, let me tell you, this guy is a genius. So <laughs> he, he stands outside, is and this is quite interesting because eight, year, eight years ago, it would be 2007. And at one point, something that struck me in the video, he says, forgive me for the MySpace pose because he's shooting himself with the camera. You know, it's, it's a selfie. <laughs> and so it's like, forgive the MySpace angle. <laughs> and that was interesting. I thought, oh yeah, MySpace used to be a thing back then <laughs> before, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all of these new services. Uh, so he stands outside. He doesn't know what he's doing. Then he kind of discovers the, the back door and he walks inside and he finds an old lady and he's, he doesn't. He speaks very little Japanese, and he, he uses a mix of English and Japanese to 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 to, to respond to this lady. And it's like, uh, is, is this the old Nintendo office? Are these the the playing cards? And the lady plays along with him, and he's showing him the cards. And he, he says, "You cannot take pictures. You cannot take video." And the guy still has a camera, so he manages to to catch this like this giant uh, shelf with all these beautiful old Nintendo cards. And the, the 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 funniest part about the video is that this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He just walks inside, finds someone, tries to communicate in 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 English and in Italian and in Japanese, and it still manages to catch an exclusive glimpse of what Nintendo's old offices used to be like, which is crazy to think about. You know, there's no security. It doesn't speak, you know, basically Japanese at all. Still, there's a video, which Why is amazing. Why does he do this? I have no idea, but I want to be, be friends with this guy. He's, he's a genius. Very, very funny video. Eight years ago, you know, my MySpace. Do you still have a MySpace profile? Uh, the my b1 but if there is i've got nothing to do with it yeah yeah i still have my my base profile i i my, it changed companies like twice um not sure where my photos have gone i tried to log in like a couple of weeks ago it's all different i don't know uh my space good times michael we've been playing some games yeah we've got a couple mm-hmm. do you want to tell me about this new Downwell game, which I yeah. suck at. I'm terrible at this game. Downwell, tell me how to play this game, Mike. I need, I need help. Is very, very interesting. Um, it's uh, Devolver Digital, I think, is the publisher, right? So you know Devolver, right? They uh, do we know Devolver Digital? Yeah, yeah. They, they they do like all of the stuff for like Vlambeer yeah. and loads of indie games. Yeah, right? yeah, on the Vita. So this game is it looks very much just like an old 
maybe like I don't know, like an old Game Boy game or something, or like an old Atari yeah. game. Yeah, and I would say Game Boy. A lot of people have been com- comparing it to Spelunky, which is very oh. much what it reminds me of. So you jump into the world. It's a character. You've got left and right sticks, and then a button to jump and shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're on-screen controls, but the on-screen controls work really well. Now, I usually hate these types of things, but this one works really well. And effectively, all you're doing is you need to get as far down into the well as possible. Um, and it's a little bit roguelike in that you, you die every time, start over again. Um, but you collect up these gems, which allow you to do like to change the colors of the interface. And, and I think you can collect up gems to unlock like these different modes of the way that the character works but i haven't got that far yet and i really like it you kind of just you go down you can pick up power-ups on the way which change the way that you shoot because all you do is you jump down and you can press the jump button to jump when you're on the ground and when you're in the air when you press it it shoots out from your feet and the idea is you just go down you can jump on bad guys and shoot other ones because some of them you can jump on some you can't some kind of chase you around um, and every time you land, you reload. So you've got to be on solid ground, and then you reload, and you can use your weapon again. And it's just like a real fun pick-up-and-play uh, arcade game that I, I really, really like a lot, and I think that people should give it a go. That's why I'm terrible. You didn't you know, know you I'm could terrible shoot, at... did you? No, 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 I knew I could oh. shoot. I just couldn't figure out the mechanic of reloading and collecting ah. gems. See, I found it all out kind of like randomly, but I think that's the the thing you do. Right? You just go, you just start playing, and then it will start to make sense. Um, so yeah, I I really really like this a lot. So give it a go. Down well, it's two ninety nine. Worth, it's really really worth trying. Yeah. But that isn't all that I've been playing. I have also played some of the Battlefront beta. Okay, tell me about Star Wars. I knew this day would come. Tell me about the Star Wars game. I'm not going to get into too much Star Wars stuff because you won't you won't understand it and you don't care, which is fine. But <laughs> this is easily one of the best video looking video games I've ever played. I've never seen graphics this good. It's stupendous. It looks real. It's un- it's just absolutely absolutely fantastic. I really 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 love the way this game looks, and it's fun. I mean. So what you could play, there was like one single player mode, which was just like a kind of tower defense with waves of enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, this is all first person shooter. I think you can play third person as well. And then the other ones was just a couple of online maps. Uh, and it's, you know, it's as good as any other online multiplayer that I've spent time with recently. I still tend to suck at it, but it, I was okay. And I had fun playing it. So, you know, like something like Titanfall, right? Which was, I really enjoyed playing that game in the time that I spent with it, even though it was all online and I wasn't very good at it because I tend not to be. But I enjoyed it. Like I didn't always come last. Uh, and it's fun. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of weapons. You can customize the weapons. And it has like a card system like Titanfall. So you can have three different abilities and you, uh, unlock cards and you create your own hands of these three cards so you can kind of mix and match the abilities that you give yourself mm-hmm. and these can be like like a jumping jetpack and or, or different grenade types and then there's like a special ability of some description so maybe uh, during your time when you activate your special ability the bullets that you shoot are instant kills or whatever um, and there's different like weapons types there are different kind of 
types of uh, characters that you can play, but they've locked a lot of that down in the beta. They have one kind of close quarters map where it's just kind of you got to get to these little pods and defend the pods for like a couple of minutes and then, you know, the person, the first team to get to five pods defended wins. And they also had a, a, a map which was much, much, much larger where it's two factions against each other, the Rebels and the Alliance. And the... Alliance have these big. I'll describe them for you. People know what I mean. These Federica, these big tanks on legs. You will have seen what these look like. You just cannot have avoided this image in your life. If I sent you a picture of them, you'll know what they are. Uh, Atats and ATSTs, right? You know, you know. Let me tell you. For a long time, Mike, I thought those robots uh, had something to do with the American carrier AT and T. It's. Do you know what? All the time, I call them ATNTs instead of ATATs or ATATs. I always, in my brain, think of them as ATNTs. It's yeah. I, I have had that exact same thing. And so, what's happening? You you play as the shooter, but you can pick up like little um, tokens in the game that activate a special thing. So, like for example, you can drive one of those things for a couple of minutes, and you're like driving this massive tank thing and just shooting the hell out of everything. Or you can pick up an ability that allows you to do an airstrike in a spaceship. So you fly in and blow people up. And there's also, I didn't get to find any of these in my time playing, but there are uh, what they call like hero abilities, where Mm -hmm. you, for a period of time, can play as one of the big characters from the game, like Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker, and they're like basically indestructible. And you just go around and kill everyone with lightsabers. Like... It seems like this game is going to be really deep with customization, kind of in a way like Destiny, but not as far. And I've already put my pre-order in because I cannot wait to play more of this game. I had so much fun playing it. Nice. Really great. Yeah, I saw, really, I really saw really the great. screenshots. I saw some videos. It really looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. It just looks fantastic. Yeah, really, really, really looks great. And I'm very, very excited to play some more of it. When is it coming out? November. November. Yeah, I think it's like November 6th or something like that. Nice. Yeah, yes, it looks sometime amazing. in November. I should really. Oh watch no, the seventeenth comes out on the seventeenth. And yes, hmm. you you should. I think it's they're, <laughs> they're really good. Yeah, Federico I, I, at the I, movies. We'll there's so uh, I was tweeting this the other day. Um, there's so many classic movies that people say they're classics you know whether it's superhero movie movies or you know just anything that i haven't watched because i'm i'm not a huge movie person i really like tv show tv shows better and you know whatever i just watch star wars so i, w- I want to play these star wars games plus everyone seems to really like star wars so yeah. they may be onto something you know the general public may be right yeah i think i think people are right about this whole star wars thing yeah, I mean, it's been on it's been it's been going on for a while, you know. So it's not a fad. No. Uh, seems to seems to be like that. So, we'll see. I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Been another week, Mike. It has been another week. Uh <laughs> I'm away next week, so we're we're going to be back oh, in a yeah. couple of weeks time. Yeah. I will so miss you, Michael. I will miss you too. If you want to find our show notes this week, head on over to relay.fm slash virtual slash 55. You can find Federico at maxstories.net and at Viticci on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And until next time, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring. 
Bye bye. Arrivederci.